0: given a lecture in Utah, and as he was giving a lecture, a Mormon came up to him and started talking to him about polygamy, about having multiple wives. And as they got into that discussion a little bit deeper, uh, the Mormon said, "Uh, Mr. Twain, can you tell me anywhere in Scripture where it prohibits having two wives? Mark Twain thought for a moment. He said, "Yeah, you shall not serve two masters." <laughs> there was a husband and wife who were enjoying the moment when their youngest child finally went off to college, and the wife said, "Honey, just let's snuggle on the couch," and and so he laid his head on her lap and. And she's just enjoying the moment. And she carefully took off his glasses and looking down at him. And it's like, Oh, honey, with your glasses off, you look just like the man I married. And he looked up at her and he said, Honey, with my glasses off, you don't look half bad either. <laughs> Today, I have the privilege of continuing the relationship series. And this week we're going to talk on marriage. Pastor Travis talked last week uh, on our relationship with God. It's been said that relationships are the most important thing and the most invaluable thing in our entire lives, first with God and then with others. As many of you know, many of us uh, pastors, we get together every single Monday. This week it's going to be Wednesday, but most of the time, we get together on Monday. Travis, your pastor, Travis, and and Hostway, and our head teaching pastor Tim uh, Badal, and and Dave Heidel, Steve Lombardo, and myself. We all get together every week. We talk about what our uh, scripture is this week, and and where we're going to go for the next week, and and we have already talked about next year, and we spend a lot of time discussing that. And, and and for this sermon series, I'll be preaching two different sermons, one on family, that will come later on, and then today, my goal and my, and my desire is to bring forth God's Word to talk about marriage. And this message, like, like all my messages and all messages that are given, are more than just about the exact topic that we're, we're trying to present. We, we want to talk about the interaction of, of a husband and wife, but we're hoping that uh, that the Holy Spirit will help us to glean more about our relationship with Jesus Christ than, than just about marriage. You see, our relationship with God is number one. What we, we have no idea how to love except the example of what Jesus Christ showed us his love he taught us how to love that's the only reason we know how to love we don't even understand grace if it wasn't for jesus christ and, and, and the grace that he showed when they, when these messages were handed out i don't i don't know how i necessarily came up with with marriage and family i'd like to think that i'm an expert but i'm not an expert no one calls me dr phil uh, I, I don't have. I have never been invited to the uh, the focus on the family radio show yet. The Learning Channel isn't following me around with cameras and and following my family around. It would be a comedy, but they're not doing it. But when I was assigned these two topics, man, I took it to the Lord. I took it to the Lord, and I started certain searching Scripture because that's where we glean all of our information. That's where we learn all about what each of the topics in our life are all about maybe you don't know me maybe you don't know who this guy is well i, I serve as the campus pastor at our indian creek campus in shabana uh, my name's phil chapman and, and my wife sherry and i and our family we've attended the sugar grove campus since december 24th 2005 and, and so we've been around for a while well we have five kiddos ranging from almost 17 uh, to eight years old, there's a, there's a picture of my family there. A- and my wife and I, a week and a half ago, we celebrated 19 years of marriage. Yep, there you go. 19 years. And, and for all these years, she's put up with all of my shenanigans, and I appreciate her for that. Y- you see, the marriage relationship, just like any other relationship, it's hard work. It is hard work, and it's it's why Christians and non Christians alike they throw in the towel, they give up, they say we can't do it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deal with all this stress, with all this worry. I'm not gonna deal with all all the havoc that's happening in my life. I'm giving up, and they get out of there. It's just easier to quit and maybe start over again. You see, that's why. I, I went to the scripture today, to Ephesians, another book written by Paul, a letter where he wrote to the church, and, and, and Paul's goal in the, in the book of Ephesians, he wanted to, to help uh, the people to understand that there's, there's neither Greek or Jew. He, he wanted them to understand that, that we are one in Jesus Christ. That's his goal always. So before we continue, uh, allow me an opportunity to pray for, for the Holy Spirit to teach us, to teach me uh, as we dig into his word. Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, we are in awe of you and awe of what you have done for us and, and and awe of the scripture that you have given us and, and the wisdom that we can gain from that. Uh, may we honor you. Uh, with our words may we honor you with our thoughts may we honor you with our actions may we serve you and truly serve you bow our knee to you as the king teach us now holy spirit teach us uh, on uh, understanding you more maybe bowing our knee to you for the first time would you affect us would you affect me help us to get out of the way so that you could have all the glory Thank you for your sacrifice and for your resurrection. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the first thing we need to look at if, if we are trying to figure out uh, how a marriage uh, is to be blessed by God is we want to see uh, that as a husband and wife that you commit your lives to a godly home, to a godly home. And, and there's, there's three things that we're going to talk about when we're committing our lives to a godly home. And the first one is absolutely the most important in any relationship at all. Is that both the husband and the wife. That they're committed. It, this is actually a requirement. That the husband and wife are pursuing and pledging their lives to Jesus Christ individually. To pledge your lives individually to Jesus Christ. It's the most important thing in all relationships across the board. I, I think of Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus is telling the story of of, uh, of how building a house on the rock. You see, in a marriage, there's going to be havoc. There, there's going to be storms. There's going to be arguments. There's going to be financial strains. There's there, There's going to be all kinds of things that just... Come into the house and, and it's beating on the on the roof and and the waves are coming and crashing. But when the house is built on Jesus Christ, when it's built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, it is like being a house being built on the rock. And it can withstand all of those horrible things happening. But you see, when when a husband doesn't love Jesus, or when a wife doesn't want to serve the king of kings. When a marriage is not built on Jesus Christ, it's exactly like a house that's built on the sand. Because when all this chaos comes your way, which it will, it's just going to get broken. And the house is going to fall apart. And and, and that's not what Christ wants. It's beyond crucial, friends, that we are submitting our lives to Jesus Christ. Scripture is absolutely clear, too, that a husband and wife both be need, need to be serving Jesus Christ. We're not to be unequally yoked. We want to be able to do the work and the efforts five, ten, twenty times because we're working at it together. I'm sure many of you have heard of the relationship triangle you see the husband and wife they they constantly are working on their horizontal relationship together but individually they are working on the relationship with god individually trying to learn more about him trying to love him more trying to learn how to serve him in a in a more pure way and as they do that as they work their way up that triangle they become closer together as a husband and a wife First and foremost, we need to pledge our lives to Jesus Christ. We need to pledge our lives to Jesus Christ, and, and, and we need to understand that he is the king. And some of you are probably saying, oh, that graphic was real cool, pastor. That, that was really neat. But you know what? My husband, he doesn't care about church at all. My wife, she can't stand even hearing the name God or Jesus. Well, that's, why, that's why this says, pledge your life to Jesus Christ. So that's what I urge you to do individually, that you get on your knees and you, you pursue God and love Him and worship Him. And then you get on your knees and you pray to God. You pray to God for your spouse uh, to, to come into their lives. You and your your spouse, you fell in love at some point. Whatever that was, cling to that and build off of that. And serve Jesus Christ. We must move on. If you're committed to a godly home, both the husband and wife, both the husband and wife must purge sin on a consistent basis. This is practical. I'm giving you practical stuff, uh, stuff you can can apply to any relationship. But you know, if you're not purging sin in a marriage relationship, it is ugly. It is ugly. When when the husband's dealing with a habitual sin and and it's never been dealt with, everything starts crumbling. When a wife is set in her way and she will not bow her knee and, and give it away, there's true havoc that's going to come its, come its way. You know, for whatever reason, uh, when I was preparing this message, I, I thought of two primary sins that, that sneak their head into marriages, uh, pornography and gossip. Something with the eyes and something with the mouth. And, and, and these two things, they, they just, man, just like most sins, they wreak havoc. Havoc. In 2014, Proven Men's Ministry, they conducted a nationwide survey. And they looked at, they just surveyed Christian men. Christian men. And and the stats that that they came back with are absolutely startling. Absolutely startling. Listen to this. Only 3%, 3% of Christian men have never viewed pornography, according to the survey. Only 3%. Approximately two-thirds, 64% of Christian men admit that they view pornography monthly. Christian men, ages 18 to 30, view pornography monthly on a 74% basis. Every day, 36%. Of all the Christian men, they said they, that 30%, or excuse me, 14% admit to viewing pornography every single day. These are stats only about men. The women's stats are growing every single month. Frankly, husbands, wives, this is adultery. This is adultery. And and if you think that there's not a problem with pornography and marriage, you're kidding yourself. This is not a joke. This is something serious. And you know what? If this sin isn't purged, if it's not purged, women are going to continue to feel anger, hurt. They're going to feel betrayal and rejection. Your beautiful wife, inside and out, is going to think that she is ugly. Old. Not even desirable. Desirable. In August or September of this year, we're going to start a series called The Seven Deadly Sins. I believe if if we picked an eighth deadly sin, it would be gossip. Gossip. How many times have I been to Facebook and I have seen a wife put a post about her husband and something that he has done or not done? Things that that I won't even tell my best friend face to face. She's posting to the world. And these comments, these, the, the, these ridicules behind uh, your spouse's back, man, all they do is hurt. All they do is hurt. Gossip is it's like a secret craving. I, I, I don't want it, I don't want it. Ooh, I, gotta, I got some juicy information. I got to tell somebody. Or I want to find out what's happening there. And our teens, they're doing it as much as anyone in preparation for their marriages. Through social media and, and, and communication. Colossians 3 8. Colossians 3 8 says, But now you must put, put them all away. Put them all away. Anger, malice, slander, and obscure talk from your mouth. You see, a gossiper is a slanderer. A, a gossiper is someone who passes on the dirt, who, who wants to make sure that they are spreading rumors. They're the, they're the storyteller, they want to plant seeds. Plant seeds about their spouse. Maybe you're just telling your, your mom because you're having, having some difficulty with your husband and you just need to vent with your mom. And that's not going to help anything. It literally will not help. You know, sin's been with marriages since the beginning, right? Eve and, and Adam, they took of the fruit and sin was introduced. We, we deal with sin constantly. But there's a way out. There's a way out. And there's a way out of that, that addiction to pornography. There's a way out of, of being a gossiper or cheating or lying or stealing. Whatever sin has a hold of you, what's the way out? Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Jesus Christ is the way out. And and if you're going to purge sin in your life, you have to bow your knee to Jesus and you have to beg that he can take it. And you know what? Right where you're sitting, young, old, male, female, doesn't matter. Married, single, divorced, doesn't matter. You can purge whatever sin is dealing with that is in your life right now, right here, right in your seats. You can purge it right this second because Jesus Christ, he's that powerful. He's that powerful. The third thing, the third thing that both spouses should commit to is to pursue each other constantly. I remember when I was first dating with my wife. We started dating June 6, 1995. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of Dates. A lot of times me asking her to to go out, catch a movie, get a bite to eat. Flowers were being purchased. Cards that cost more than 99 cents were being bought. Car doors were being opened. Umbrellas were being brought out. Surprises at their work. She, she would maybe want to shoot hoops with me or play catch. Maybe, for some of you, go hunting with you. After so many years, maybe you find yourself in a rut. Uh, maybe, when, when was the last time you asked her out on a date? When was the last time you, you bought her some flowers? Jewel has tremendous flowers. When was the last time you bought that card for more than 99 cents? How about open the door for her? When was the last time either of you celebrated that crazy holiday called Sweetest Day? Just because it gave you another opportunity to love your spouse and to show your love know we're called to love one another we're called to love one another and 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 too many times we just get in a rut where 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 it feels like we cannot show our emotions the way we want to show our emotions i think our job is supposed to be outdoing one another i think that's what all the books would say there's a book written by a guy with a tremendous last name gary chapman and he wrote a book called The Five Love Languages. Learn your spouse's love language. And, and then speak volumes to him. Speak volumes to him. Pledge your life to Jesus Christ. He's everything. Uh, purge sin that's in your life by bowing your knee to Jesus and asking him to take it, take it out and to rid you of it. And then pursue your spouse with great zeal with great zeal let's go on if you want your marriage to be blessed by god you need to commit your lives to godly priorities and positions let's start with the husbands the scripture today so beautifully read uh spoke so many times about husbands husband is the head of the wife even as christ is the head of the church Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Let each one of you love his wife as himself. I I believe we could see two things from from this scripture. Husbands should remember that they are to lead their home through example. Through example. I've talked to several guys uh, over the years, and, and I would say stuff like, hey, let's go catch a movie, or hey, let's play some ball. And, and they would inevitably uh, say, let me, let me check with the boss. And, and we know the translation. Let me check with my wife, because I'm sure there's something scheduled, and I have no idea about it, because I wasn't listening. And, and we know that that happens. That There is there this guy who who went to heaven, and, and, and there were two signs when he got to heaven, and And he looked up and he he saw, wow, what what in the world? And and the one sign said, for all uh, husbands that had their wife lead the home, stand here. And and that line was just, I mean, tens of thousands of men. And then the other sign said, for all the men that have led their home, stand here. And there was one guy. And so so the guy walks up to him and, and, and taps the other guy on the shoulder and said, Man, how'd you do it? It it, it says, for men that that led their home, how'd you you lead your home so well? And he goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. My wife told me to stand over here. (laughs) (laughs) Men, you know, it's sometimes just easier for us just to get out of the way. Just to get out of the way. That's what we think. Let's just get out of the way and, and, and not mess With anything, I've talked to six different young men over the past year. I didn't know I was going to preach on marriage, but I've been asking them the same question: How much did you get involved in the wedding ceremony? And and, and only one of the six has said, "Man, I'm I'm fully involved. I'm I'm doing everything. We're making all the decisions." One one of the guys said, "I only care about what my tux looks like." The other guy said. Uh, I'm just trying not to spend any money. You see, I empathize with those five out of six guys. Because 20 years ago, that was me. I just wanted to get out of the way. I didn't want to do anything except for if she asked me to do some something. I didn't care about the cake. I didn't care about the pictures. I didn't care about the dresses. And, and I definitely didn't care about the flowers. I, I, I think I speak for most men. I, I don't think... This was a lack of leadership. I believe this was wisdom. <laughs> this was wisdom from the men who have gone before us to say, this is a special day that your wife has been thinking about since she's been a little girl. I don't think that necessarily that this is what the Scripture is, is teaching uh, on leading. So what, what does it? What, what is it talking about? The man is the, the head of the home to have that leadership. What, what in the world is that? Well, I think it's an organizational structure. I think God has has put together a structure. Just like God is the head of Christ, the man is the head of the wife. 1 Corinthians 11.3 says, But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Men, we have an ultimate responsibility in our home for serving Jesus Christ. And when I looked over the scripture and I understood, tried to figure out what, what does this mean to be the head of the house, to be the leader? I understood that it didn't mean that they were the dictator, that what they said goes, and that's it, and that's final. Galatians 3, 8, 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Christ sees us as his followers. But just like that, he has roles for us, and he has positions, and he has set forth priorities. And I think, I think it's important that a man, if you look up here, it says, lead through example. That a man individually is, is reading God's word and is studying God's Word. And I think that is, is probably failing in a lot of us. That, that individually, that we're going to, to the Lord through Scripture, and we're studying God's Word, and, and we're creating that uh, example for our children and our wives to see. The man should be taking care of the needs of the home, listen to this, through hard work, careful planning, and diligent discussions. And I'm sure I, I threw off 80% of you men here, hard work, careful planning, maybe you could do those, but the diligent discussions I'm not sure about. If you're like me, if a door is broke, just let me know it's broke, I'll go get my tools and I'll fix it. I don't need to discuss it, I'll fix it, make sure it swings closed. But I found that when I, when I talk with my wife Sherry and I call for the gathering and we start discussing things about like, transporting the kids and, and figuring out our financial obligations and, and who's going to go buy that sticker for the license plate. They don't even send you a mail reminder anymore. But we got to figure those things out and we got to sit. There. When I do that, when I take that lead, I see three positive things that happen. First, my wife is like, wow, you care. You really care about it. You're thinking about it. Second, I'm dealing with stuff, man. There's low hanging fruit and I'm taking care of stuff right then. And we're getting stuff done and we're checking out the list. And third, man, I'm meeting a need. I'm meeting a need my wife has to talk about stuff. You see, men, we we just want it to be a business. Okay, you do that, I'll do that, we'll do this, and we'll get it taken care of. But that's not what God intended. That's not what God intended. We, we want to take care of it, get done, so we can watch senseless TV. I know us. Prayer is another place that we could lead by example. How many of you men are actually getting on your knees? So I like to see, my man. We need to get on our knees and ask God to teach us. Ask God to humble us, to fix us. That's, that's the strongest man, is a man who gets on their knees. A man who, who says, join me, son. Let's go. Let's get on our knees and, and pray about this. How about a man who's leading by example and asks his wife, how about we pray about that together? Let's get moving. Another thing that husbands should remember to do is to love their wife through sacrifice. Love their wife through sacrifice. You know, Jesus, man, he's given us such a great example. He, he first came from, he, he had an eternal position. And, and he came into time as a little baby. What a sacrifice. And then, and then you see how he served and washed the feet of the disciples, he served in so many ways, but that's, that's a great picture of it. When they should have been washing his feet. And then that very, very horrendous Friday morning. When he got beat, spit on, ridiculed, and eventually killed. You talk about an example of sacrifice. Sacrifice. Men, are you willing to die for your wife? And I would assume that every man in here would say, yes, I'll take a bullet for her. Yes, I will die for her. But then the next question comes, are you willing to live for her? Are you willing to sacrifice that round of golf, that TV show, that that other fun time that you had planned because you know that there's a, a, something else that you need to take care of. As husbands, we have a huge responsibility to leave our, lead our wives through example every single day. Every day. It, our job is to out-romance our wife, to to try, to try to love her more. There is a story of this guy uh, and and he wanted to surprise his wife, and he was at the working at the shop all day, and and he was pretty pretty gross, and, and so he decided, you know, what? I I'm gonna shower here at work, I'm gonna shave, and, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna look all good, go home, and I'm gonna bring her some flowers. He probably picked them up at Jewel. Well, meantime during the day, the wife was at home. She had to go get one of her sons who was at school who got a suspension for for kicking a girl and and then the little baby ripped apart all kinds of stuff and caused a huge mess and and then the plumber never came to fix the sink and and so her whole day was havoc and and here comes the husband home smiley and happy and and he has flowers in his hand and he's looking good and he rings the doorbell just for added added emotion to it and so she could be surprised. She opens the door and, and she just starts bawling. She just starts bawling. And he goes, oh, honey, what, what, what's wrong? And she tells him all these different things that have happened and, and she goes, and then you show up drunk. <laughs> you know, don't, don't make it something so crazy. We, we, we don't have to post about it on Facebook. We don't, we don't have to tell the world about it. Just do it. Just love your wife. Just lead her through example. Serve her with everything that you have. You know, make lists. And then follow up and then celebrate when you complete those. Wives. Wives should remember to submit to their husbands through obedience. I've said it one, two, three times. I don't know how many times. But first, we need to submit our lives to Jesus Christ. That includes the wives. Wives have to submit their lives to Jesus Christ. We have to submit our lives to Jesus Christ. Everyone here, that's our calling. we just saying the phrase, submit to your husband. Man, in 2016, we can't say that. that that's not popular to say. We, we, we almost feel like, the women feel like, oh, I'm lesser because I have to submit. You know what? Jesus Christ submitted to God the Father over and over and over, and he did not make himself less worth than God the Father. Not at all. Because Christ and God the Father are valued at the equal, the same. And I carefully chose this point It says, submit to their husband, not submit to man. That's not what Scripture teaches. But it does teach uh, that a woman's submission to her husband uh, is is crucial. It's absolutely crucial. And submission, it only happens when a wife is in love with Jesus Christ. That's the only way real submission uh, from a biblical standpoint can happen. And what does this submission look like? Well, many times a, a, a wife who wants to be submissive and is learning to be submissive is looking for the leadership from her husband. She's really looking for that leadership. Even when he when thinks uh, a woman who's being submissive, when she thinks that, man, things aren't going exactly the way I want, she's willing to submit to her husband to understand that, that she's going to allow him to lead. As long as, long as it's not going against any laws or God's commandments, she's going to follow her husband. When when a wife's willing to entrust all of her life and all the situations to God, to God alone, that's how she could submit to her husband. Because you know what? We're not perfect. (laughs) We're very imperfect. But that's the beauty of the submission. That's the beauty of that submission. You know, loving and Forgiving and submitting, it does not mean that a woman is a doormat. That a woman should be uh, ridiculed and and put down emotionally or physically. If that's happening at your home, in a situation you know about, you need to talk to a pastor immediately. You need to talk to somebody who can help immediately and deal with it. I, I saw a blog with this lady who was talking about Ephesians. Wonderful Christian lady. And she wrote 50 ways that I can practically show submission to my husband. 50 ways. I chose a few of them. Uh, Ask him, what do you think? And show interest in what he says. Criticize less what he does wrong and voice, man, what he does well. After discussing a big decision, be willing to let him have the final say even when you don't think it's the exact right decision when you get frustrated at your husband's lack of leadership understand that his pace it's not necessarily your pace his style is not necessarily your style let's face it you women are bright 8.3 out of 10 women in colleges are the Victorians. That's some brilliance. You women can see things that we can't see. You, you, you understand things that we can't understand. And that's why wives should remember that they need to serve as a helper to their spouse. You, you know, we're supposed to uh, serve people and help other people, but but the marriage relationship, there's something divine given by God for a wife to help her husband. Genesis 2.18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. You see, husbands need their wives. They need their wives. And we just have so many things, so many shortcomings. Uh, uh Guiding elder of our of village Bible church. He, he attends our campus, Indian Creek. Uh, his name's Bill Griffith. I think we have a picture of Bill and his wife. There's Bill and Alice. Last Sunday, seven days ago, they celebrated 51 years together. Let's give them a hand. Even though they're not here, that's amazing. 51 years. So, so I asked Bill, I said, Bill, tell me about your marriage with, with your bride. And he said, Phil, she completes me. He goes, I have so many holes and things that, that I'm weak at, and I don't know how she does it. She fills every one of those holes. She makes me makes me complete. So then I said, okay, Bill, I said, I, I, I'm celebrating 19 years of marriage. You're getting ready for 51 years. What's the secret sauce uh, to, to this lasting love and relationship with, with your wife? He didn't hesitate. Didn't hesitate. He said, it's simple, Phil. Two words. Pens were ready. Two words. Loyalty and trust. He said, not just in each other, but in Jesus Christ. That we are loyal to our King, that we trust in His Word from Scripture. But we're loyal to one another, to fault. And we trust one another to the nth degree. And I'll tell you what, that's some advice, some free advice from a real pro. Wives, wives, recognize your divine calling to be a helper to your husband. John 14:16 says, "And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, capital H, to be with you forever, the Holy Spirit." Therefore, if if God our Lord desired for us uh, to be aided in every possible way, he also created a woman to be a helper and an aid to her man. And if you desire women to be the greatest aid, to be the greatest helper to your husband, you need a godly character. You you need to have moral strength that only comes from your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the only way that you can do it. I've said this so many times, so many times, that there is no way that I could be the man I am today, a man who, who loves Jesus Christ with, with a, a tremendous amount of energy and heart. I love children. I love people. I'm, I'm beyond flawed and, and have my own shortcomings, but I wouldn't even be half the man I am today if it wasn't for my wife, Sherry. Is it, if it wasn't for her love for Jesus Christ and her encouragement to me and her, her support of me. I'm so thankful for that. Two final thoughts. Marriage marriage is established by God. It was it was founded and established by God alone. And and, and it's and it's an example of Christ in the church. Scripture says, and, and the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed it up. And the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to, to the man. Man, we serve an awesome God, don't we? Don't we serve an awesome God that that he created two beings that were so similar, yet so different? I mean, we would expect nothing less than than from a God who's a trinity to be able to do that. Just as God created a woman out of the side of Adam, God created the church out of the side of the second Adam, Jesus Christ Christ. That's just amazing, amazing for me to see and to read. And God wants us to be intimate with him. He wants us to be intimate with him. Christ wants us, the church, to be intimate with him and become one. It's the example that he gives a husband and wife. David Kyle Foster says there's a profound and awesome reason for the way God ordered the creation of man, one that is commented on throughout Scripture and one that we must observe if we are to find the fulfillment of our very being as humans. It is ordered as a union of a man and a woman in marriage, heterosexual and monogamous, an order that Jesus unambiguously reaffirmed in Matthew. You and I, every single believer, every believer in Jesus Christ, we were created to live in a a marital union with god the picture of of marriage here on earth is to be a reflection of what our relationship with christ is it's to be one some of you are struggling with so many different things in your life you're struggling with so many things in your relationship with 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 your spouse maybe it's other relationships too we know the answer it's jesus christ love your wife like crazy men women love your your husband serve him care for him but above all of that let us all submit to Jesus Christ let's all submit to him let's go to the lord heavenly father you are tremendous you are awesome you are great you are powerful you are everything And we ask that you just keep teaching us and training us from uh, you, Holy Spirit, that you can uh, create in us a heart that is in love with you. And from that, that our love will, will bubble over with love to others around us, including our spouse. Give us opportunities to serve each other because we're serving you. Give us opportunities to love you more through our marriage. Again, God, we are beyond thankful for your sacrifice and and for your resurrection. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.